Dear Christian friends, the theme of our meditation is The Mystery Unfolds, and it's based upon the Ephesians passages that were previously read uh, this morning. Dear Christian friends, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I'm sure some of you at this point have gotten sort of said, you know, enough with the Merry Christmas uh, stuff. I mean, we've already moved on to a new year. We've gotten to a new decade. I mean, after all, um, either a little late with the Merry Christmas or a little early with the Merry Christmas, depending on what your feelings are at this point. But tomorrow, as we have heard, is the Epiphany. It is the 12th day of Christmas. And it is the Christian and Gentile Christmas as well. And it is important for us as we celebrate this Gentile Christmas to realize how important and how essential it is to God's plan of salvation for all of us. It is truly a, 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 a wonderful mystery that began to unfold when the wise men came to the city of Bethlehem, kneeled down, gave the gifts, and worshipped the newborn king. Now in reality, these wise men or magi were, some think they were astrologers, some think they were astronomers, some think they were just individuals of great intellect who were looking at different thoughts, different ideas, but they were actually men who were seekers of truth. We don't know if they were astrologers or astronomers. We don't know for sure. We know they came from the east. There's no exact place where we can say they surely came from. But as seekers of truth, we know that they were looking for the king of the Jews, which tells us they weren't Jewish. They were Gentiles. And so this becomes very, very important, especially as you read in the, and heard from the Isaiah 60 this wonderful story and prophecy of Isaiah about the coming and the purpose of the Gentiles in the ministry of Jesus. Now as this mystery unfolds before us, we have this, this wonderful uh, set of people. Uh, the Magi, of course, we know there are three gifts. We certainly don't know how many of them there happen to be. But they're the good guys in this story. They're the good guys. They were the ones who were looking for this, this, this king of the Jews. These were the individuals that had an importance to them, that they wanted to share, they wanted to rejoice. They had seen the star, and now they interpreted the star that the king had been born. And so they now came now to the city of Jerusalem. Why wouldn't you come to the city of Jerusalem? If you were looking for the king of the Jews, you would come to the city of Jerusalem. But there must have been something about these guys. There must have been something special uh, about them when they came into the city of Jerusalem. Because you don't just knock on the door of King Herod and have him invite you in. There must have been something special when the representatives came to Herod and told them about these men. And so he invites them in. And Herod, of course, is the villain in this. Herod was a, he was an absolute total lowlife. This was a guy who had a multitude of wives, three of which we can document he killed. He also had a multitude of children, and we know that he killed five of his sons. 
And he was an individual who killed various people within his family. The last person you wanted to be is related to this guy. Okay? But he was paranoid. Because now when the Magi come, they say to him, we're trying to find where the king of the Jews has been born. For Herod, this was about the worst thing that he could have heard. Because you see, Herod's not a Jew. Herod's an Edomine, which means he came from the line of Esau, not from the line of Jacob. And the only reason that he is the king is because the Romans put him on the throne. And so he was always concerned throughout his life as to whether somebody was going to come and undermine him, take away his throne, and ultimately overthrow him and kill him. And so now when he hears about this, this king being born, you can absolutely understand why this man is now concerned. But he plays it straight. He, he, he tells them, hey, fellas, when you find the, the child, come back and tell me so I can go. But of course, Herod had no idea where that child was born. He had to go to the scribes. Now, you would think that the scribes would immediately just jump at it. But even they had to search. And there they came to the wonderful prophecy of Micah. And in Micah, it is Bethlehem where the child would be born. And so they set out. They gave the gifts. I'm sure they spoke to Mary and Joseph. And then they were warned in a dream not to go back. Don't go back to him. Go by another way. But you see, what happened at that moment was the first time that Gentiles came to worship the Christ. We sort of take it for granted today. And now we can ask ourselves the, the mysteries of why did it take so long? I mean, we've got the story of, of, of Adam and Eve, and then we've got the story of, of Abraham. And Abraham, of course, is going to be the father of a great nation, is he not? And, and the Jews were the chosen people of God, were they not? Throughout all of the Old Testament, we hear the story of the Jews unfolding. We hear of all of the prophecies. And I guess we have to ask ourselves, well, what about the Gentiles? Well, where's, where are they? Where is that? Where, where do we find them? And the answer is we don't know. That's why we have to say, take a look at the big picture. Christine and I are blessed with three children. Now, all of our children are adults. But at one time, we had three children under the age of, of, of five. And it made for an exciting time in our, our family, I must admit. And our children got a little older, and then we go on these vacations. Christine, of course, and I, my first parish was in Kingston, Tennessee. Second parish was in Mountain Home, Arkansas, until the Lord blessed us to come to community. And we would go on our vacations. 
and we would go on our vacations and we'd go to Christine's family up in Traverse City, Michigan or to my parents who were living in Peoria, Illinois and we would get everything ready and we kids would be excited. They're going to see their grandparents. They're going to see their cousins. They're going to see aunts and uncles, reunions, food, all sorts of fun things to do. It was great. That's the big picture. They had no clue how much it was going to cost to get there. They had no clue how much the gas we were going to have to be spending. Had no clue if we had to stop on the way what much that food was going to be or the hotels. They only wanted, as most children do, are we already there yet? Are we almost there yet? This incessant stuff that just kept coming. But they had the big picture. They didn't lose sight of it. The excitement of family. The excitement of, of friends jumping in the lake. Going and doing all sorts of things. The details, while nice, certainly important, was not the big picture. The big picture for us is right there in the Apostles' Creed. God created the heavens and the earth. That's a big picture. The big picture is he, he sent his son into this world. The big picture for us is he came into this world, lived in this world, suffered in this world, died in this world for you, for me, and for everyone. The big picture is John 3.16, that God loved the whole world and whoever believes will be saved. The big picture is Jesus rose from the dead. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are atoned for. Our sins are redeemed. That child in Bethlehem, yes, we have the wonderful star, and as we all know, the shadow of the cross was right there. That child was going to grow up to suffer and die for the sins of the world. That's the big picture. Yes, we see the miracles, and yes, we see all of these other things, and they're all nice, and they're wonderful, and they're great. But Christ had to die. And that's the big picture. And all of the mystery that we still, things we don't clearly understand, Hopefully, one day, at times, will be revealed to us and we will understand because the Holy Spirit has brought faith into our hearts. That's the big picture. That's the reality that you and I rejoice in. And the big picture is Paul. Think of Paul. I mean, could you have found a less likely guy to be sharing the message to the Gentiles? For crying out loud, this guy hated Gentiles. And he hated Jews who said they were followers of Jesus. He stood by, I'm sure, with a big old smile on his face <laughs> as they were stoning Stephen to death. And he was on that road to Damascus not to do high fives with anybody. He was on the road to Damascus to destroy the Christian church. And yet, he's the one who's chosen. He's the one who's chosen now to take this message, this glorious message, to the Gentiles. To tell them, 
God died for you. The very Son of God was for you. Your salvation is assured. (laughs) Does it get much better than that? There's that wonderful big picture for us of what he did. And where is he writing this? He's not writing this from the confines of a wonderful vacation spa. He's in a stank prison in Rome. 60 A.D., just a few years before he would die for sharing this wonderful faith. And you see, there's the blessing for us today. Is that every day is an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. A year doesn't go by that there isn't something that I learn in a Bible study or a sermon or somebody shares with me and I go, wow, I had never looked at it quite that way. I've learned something. There are still things about God and the mystery of God that we are still seeking and searching for. We know the big picture. We know where we're going to end up. But man, is it great to learn more about our God and share that. I don't know about you. Probably made some resolutions. Probably some of you have already gone back on them. Try it again. Give it another shot in February, maybe. Huh? I read it, a poll. I think it's over 80% of people want to lose weight. Okay? I'm, I'm in there. And... Uh, or tone up. One of those things. And I think that's great. We've got to be concerned about our bodies. It's a good thing. But how about putting on some spiritual muscle this year? How about toning up your spiritual life? What a wonderful resolution that is. Through our Bible studies, through your devotions, through worship, through conversations with people. I'll tell you, Bible studies are great because you get to work out together. Nothing better than working out together. It's always much more fun for me when I'm sweating after I worked out to show Christine, look at me. (laughs) Look at me. I know she turns her head away from me at times, but that's okay. She doesn't want to give me a kiss. She doesn't want to hug me. But I'm feeling good. I'm sweaty. I'm there. How wonderful to embrace in your spiritual life, in your spiritual walk, with your family, with your friends, with your family of faith. That's the blessing we have today as The mystery unfolds. The mystery is revealed. The Gentile world is part of the wonderful family of God. I pray that you enjoy that. What a message we've got to share with the world. A world that at times finds a lot of rotten things to talk about. And we get to talk about the baby. We get to talk about the cross. We get to talk about resurrection. We get to talk about heaven. We get to talk about peace.
enjoy your conversations this year. I think it's going to be a great year for the body of Christ and for our congregation. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Amen.